This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches Media presents Ha ha, laugh, funny Mention it all, a Bravo by Betches podcast We don't say that, but now we said it With me, Dylan Hafer Hold on, check me, boo Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast. I'm Dylan Hafer, and today, for the final part of the Beverly Hills reunion, I felt like it was a no-brainer who I was going to have on the podcast. It is Savvy Sage, Betch's co-founder. She's had lots of thoughts about Beverly Hills all season long, and I'm glad she's with me today. Hi, Sammy. How's it going? Thank you. I am thrilled to be here. I am ready to talk Beverly Hills. I feel like a weight has been lifted, weirdly, that the season's over. Um, and now I can like dive into the more um, trustworthy waters of Potomac uh, in peace. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what does it say about us that as Kyle is like basically in fetal position crying on the couch, we're like, the weight's lifted. It's over. <laughs> we made I, it. <laughs> I mean, I loved that they, yeah, I mean, I'm going to start at the end, but I love that they showed like what the relationship between Kyle and Kathy has been like and that their only contact has been at BravoCon a work obligation. Right. And I don't think, I mean, I didn't see them personally interacting at BravoCon. I obviously they saw each other. They took a photo, whatever. I don't think they were like buddy, buddy all weekend. <laughs> no, I mean, the, if Kyle was right. Like she knew walking out that Kathy was going to ice her out. And it appears that she has done so because if they weren't like at odds, then they would the first time they would have seen each other wouldn't have been BravoCon. Yeah, it's a tricky it's a tricky situation for Kyle to navigate because whether or not you think her part in this feud between the sisters is like whether you think that she has she deserves this or not, I think she is right that she has this one opportunity with with Kathy at the reunion where she knows they're going to sit down and talk about this stuff. And it is, it's tough to watch those last few minutes when Kyle is getting kind of desperate. And she's like, I need, I, I really want, I need to leave here in a better place with my sister. And Kathy is just not quite going to give it to her. And Kyle knows that she might not have another chance soon or you know in the near future that this is the one time she has a guarantee that they're going to be sitting on a couch next to each other and whether or not Kathy is responding she's going to listen and i i mean it's pretty brutal honestly watching the the state that they end up in no matter what you think of like she did this she should have said this she shouldn't have said that it's just like damn this sucks yeah, it's it does seem it does feel really sad. I left feeling pretty badly for Kyle. Um and uh, do you want to talk about this first? Is this our first? Yeah, I don't think is we need, I don't think we need to like to? uh I don't think we need to like recap minute by minute. Okay, just let's just okay, wander. Let, let's do this. Yeah, let's do this first cuz it's obviously the most like interesting and and um so ultimately like it's so interesting because 
Kathy is, presents one of those one of these few situations where I actually believe every single th- thing that Lisa Rinna said, but Kathy still came out on top of that dispute. And I, you know, that that is a lesson I think in some sort of like self-image management. But ultimately, it really I think the, the, the evilness of Kathy I don't see as much in like her drunk tantrum, which yeah, like obviously that's like really bad. But I think the real cruelty is that she will not forgive Kyle because Lisa Rinna blew up Kathy's tantrum about Kyle. So it's like you talk so much shit about your sister and then you're mad that somebody else exposed what you said. Like how is how is Kyle supposed to she she like puts Kyle in these impossible positions. And I just don't really like see what Kyle is supposed to do. Lisa Rinna is going to put this out there whether or not it hurts it hurts her friend Kyle. Right. And we see at the reunion, maybe Kyle wasn't this way from the beginning, but she is frustrated with Lisa Rinna for continuing to drag this out and bring it up and start shit on social media and kind of stir up the pot time and time again. And she says, you know, this is only hurting me at this point when you and Erica are out here, you know, being messy and doing all of this stuff. It is, it's tough because I think in a way it's like, I would like Kyle to be more angry at Rinna for kind of how she's, tarnished the relationship between her and Kathy. But at the same time, I don't think it's just Rinna's fault. I think Kathy is clearly making a choice that she is going to now, you know, not make amends with Kyle in the way that Kyle, whether or not Kyle has earned it is a different question, but Kyle so clearly wants it. And, and Kathy is making a conscious decision not to give it to her. Well, like, if if you believe Kathy, which is that all of what Rin is saying is untrue, which, come on, it's obvious, <laughs> like, you, like, you think she made up that Kathy stomps on her glasses? Like, I do not trust Lisa Rinna at all, and I do believe what she said in this case is true. You could see her saying all those things. You could see that she was getting more angry throughout the night, starting at the Kamo Sabe party, going through <laughs> the dinner, and that... And that she said that thing to Erica about the DJ. Like, I 100% believe she said that. Like, you could see her saying that. You could see her, like, walking up and just being, like, enraged and then getting more and more mad until she's, like, throwing a fit at the house. I don't – like, I know you're, – you're not the first person to say to me that they wish Kyle would be more frustrated at Rinna. But, like, why should she be if it's her sister who said these things? Like – that that's what I don't really like understand. Like, what's like is Kyle supposed to defend her sister for the things, the horrible things she said about Kyle? Yeah, I don't. To me, it's not so much a question of should Kyle be choosing Kathy or Rinna to be mad at or defend. It's more like obviously Kyle has said some of these things that about what Kathy said in Aspen or the details or the specifics that she would rather just not know, because obviously those things are going to take on a life of their own and manifest themselves in the future of their relationship. And that it would be at at the end of the day, Kyle is like, I just want 
everyone to get along and I want my sisters and it's easier for her to move into that headspace if she doesn't know that Kathy is like calling her a peon and saying yeah. that destroying her is the last thing she's going to do. So I I don't know if it's necessarily like, oh, she should be mad at Rina and like not mad at Kathy. But it's more just that like this conversation, this whole reunion situation where Kyle is like completely broken on the couch and isn't going to leave this feeling any type of good, we wouldn't be having this conversation if Rinna hadn't made it such a thing. But that doesn't mean that that doesn't mean that Rinna shouldn't have said anything. I'm I'm not like I'm not like Rinna should never have opened her mouth about Kathy and she should have stayed quiet because to be honest, what the hell would we be talking about? What would this what would the last third of this season have been if there was no drama coming out of this Aspen trip. We need the drama. And that's why I'm not, that's why I'm not one of those people who jumps to like fire Lisa Rinna. She's a bad person. I'm like, bad people make good TV a lot of the time. And while there are definitely times like, like Andy at the end of the reunion where I'm like, we, okay, we get it. Thank you. Thank you. We heard from you already. I don't think that Rinna is a bad housewife in the way that people act like she is sometimes like I think she is overall uh helpful to the show I'm honestly like a little sick of her as a housewife but not because she's like a bad person like there's no ethics in any of this like like let's stop (laughs) pretending that this is like an ethical endeavor and that like we're looking to these people as like a moral north star like we're not this is not about that it's not what we're here for not everything that like every person does is like an ethical use of time so it's like this is putting that aside. I do think that Lisa Lisa Rinna, even though I am all for like the truth coming out and like being stated, her excuse, I still don't have time of day for her because her excuse for why she had to say this is because it was so bad she'd get cancer, like she was yeah. abused. Like <clears throat> that whole thing, that whole like over dramatization of it, like don't be like, I'm going to get cancer if I don't say the thing, if I don't reveal what Kathy said about her sister. Like, that's ridiculous. Right. Just like, you just stop. Like, you want to get it out there for whatever reason. Like, don't make it about, like, you're going to get cancer if you if you don't say it. It's just so stupid. Like, that's what annoys me about her. Not <laughs> that, like, she put this out there. Like, of course she should put this out there. It's, like, really fucked up. If, if this tantrum really happened as she said it did – which I do believe that it probably was close to that. Mm-hmm. Like, why? Do, like, you don't need to be like, uh, you don't need to play like this is some like moral ethical thing you're doing. Like, right. Just say it. Right. When when Andy lists off the things that Lisa Rinna says Kathy said in Aspen, that's enough. Like those, that list of things is shocking enough is hurtful enough to everyone on those couches that you don't need to also be like, I was afraid for my life because she was stepping on her glasses. Like we (laughs) like, right. Like you weren't like abused, Lisa. Like it it wasn't towards (laughs) her. It was just like a tantrum in her presence. It sounds like. Right. I, I can totally understand Lisa being like, I felt uncomfortable and I wish I wasn't the one that was there. But at the same time, it's like, I don't think you feared for your life. Right, exactly. Like, if you said, oh, she took a knife and was, like, waving it in the air, sure. But it doesn't seem like that. It just seems like 
you bore witness to like a child's tantrum is really like what it did. But I will say the one thing that I am kind of like pro on how this all ended is that it does not appear that the Fox Force 5 is going to be long for this world anymore, mm. considering that it's now like Erica and Rinna as a little duo. Dorit is... I don't think Dorit's going to take their side. Like, I think Dorit's going to go with Kyle. There's no way Kyle's going to be able to, like, be buddy-buddy with Rinna or, like, even, like, align with her safely. Um, so, I mean, maybe Kyle will leave the show like she had threatened to do, you know, a few months ago. <laughs> I Yeah, Kyle leaving the show to me is something that I'm like, I will believe it if and only when I see it. <laughs> if and only when she gets like a six movie deal for the Halloween series. Like, oh my sure, God. <laughs> then I'll believe it. You know, Kyle wants to focus on her acting. Yes, of course. We're, we are leaving this reunion, I think, in a more interesting place in terms of full cast dynamics because we see, I think... Kyle and Garcelle are in a better place than they maybe have been in the past. And I think Kyle shifting more to that Sutton Garcelle side of things could be an interesting look. Kyle and Crystal really got into it earlier in the reunion. I think it's easy to kind of forget that because the Kathy stuff sucked so much oxygen out of the out of the season. But like that Kathy and or Kyle and Crystal is a really interesting thread that I would love to follow more next season. I do think there is kind of more more chaotic momentum within the group in a positive way than just like, well, these four people aren't ever going to go against each other. So uh, good luck with the scraps of what's left of the cast. Like I I'm happy about that. And I do think with Rinna and Erica, if they do both stay next season, it's going to be really, I'm, I'm going to be really curious to see kind of, do they try to course correct at all? Do they try and kind of have more of a redemption arc? Because certainly Rinna, I think, more than ever with the fans and also with certain members of the cast is in a position where she just looks like a shitty person and a shitty friend. And it's like, we, that's not, that's not fun. Even if she, you know, flips off the audience and wants to have a, you know, a fuck you attitude on social media. It's like, I don't think she's feeling good about her position right now. No. And I, I don't think she's getting put on pause in like the Dorinda sense because as ultimately, like, she is just sort of doing her job as a housewife. She's not, like, from what we know, abusing producers or getting, like, so drunk that it's causing – you know, she's not having those, like, HR issues. Right. She's not that, out of control. She just kind of yeah. sucks. <laughs> right, right. She's just in her villain era. You know, she, you know, she's harassing people <laughs> on social media. She's, like, kind of being a weirdo. But, no, I agree with you. It's way more exciting to watch – the dynamics and because you know that they're all going to be talking a lot like they're all going to be having individual lunches and group get togethers in the, in the off season and I have a feeling what we're going to probably see is like a solidification of like Kyle and Dorit as besties separate from Lisa and Erica who I think will start next season as like villain duo buddy buddy like everyone kind of hates them but then we'll see how maybe those alliances will shift. I think Diana's like definitely out. Oh, yeah. So, so, and I mean, Garcelle, the only person she had any sort of any bad blood with was Diana. So I actually think Garcelle is going to sort of start become the focal, the center point of the cast, like a Garcelle and Sutton 
will become the uh, kind of people who everybody likes and everybody yeah. is like kissing their asses, which my, how the tables have turned there <laughs> from last season. Um, but I, I agree with you. It's way more exciting when it's like not solid who is sticking with who. Yeah, I I think with with these casts sometimes it's like you you want it to feel like there are real friendships and relationships but you also want it to feel like people are actually listening and responding in real time to what's happening and not just automatically being like that's my friend so we're going to be friends for the next 6 seasons no matter what happens the the peaks and the valleys are important and they matter and i think garcelle this season obviously is in a total fan favorite position people really just adore her and in the group she hasn't quite had that same reception that she has in real life and I think she's done a good job of pointing out some of the double standards in the group and I thought it was interesting in part three of the reunion um, when they were talking about Erica's kind of behavior throughout the season and talking about this Jax thing and Erica talked about, or Garcelle talked about in this group kind of when people apologize, they want to be very quick and upfront about owning it. And then it we move on. And if you stay mad at the person or if you're not ready to move forward with them, you're the one who's kind of made to look petty or crazy or like you just need to get over it or you're holding a grudge. And I think that that was... That was interesting to hear from Garcelle because I think we've seen in multiple situations where in the last couple seasons, maybe she wasn't extended the grace that like somebody like Elisa or an Erica would have if they stayed mad at somebody for half a season when it's like, she apologized for the Jax thing, move on. And it's like, life is messier than that. And she was, I think Garcelle had every right to be have a lot of feelings about that situation. And I, I like that she is pointing things like that out because I think it's good for the, the audience to think about. And I think it's something for the women to chew on a little bit as well. I love that you pointed that out because I love that she pointed that out. Like I thought that was <laughs> such an astute comment by her and really shows I, I was, I was happy because she sort of, she didn't like break the fourth wall there, but she did call out a reality that I'm sure it's one of those things where it's like the, you know, when like you're watching a horror movie or like, you know, the watcher and like the, you're screaming at the TV. You're like, don't do that. Like <laughs> that's one of the, that's sort of what it felt like, like the character acknowledging that like it was stupid, stupid to walk down the dark hallway. Mm. And it's like, she, I thought that was just like a great comment because it, it put the whole it basically clued us into the fact that she is aware of there's there's like certain rules of engagement with this group. And I thought that that was just like a really great comment by her to have called that out. I think also like in the past parts, especially when the Diana stuff was coming up and Diana with Garcelle and Diana with Sutton, the idea of some of these women, Kyle definitely did this being so quick to jump in and, explain Diana's feelings or explain maybe where Diana was coming from, where Garcelle, which I think certainly it comes into the conversation, Garcelle being a black woman in this group of mainly white women, but also just, you know, them not being a great friend to her all the time. It It's like, 
why are we extending grace to some people and not to others? Why are we being so accommodating for one person's feelings, but then telling the other person, was it really that big of a deal? Crystal got the same treatment with all the all of the stuff about feeling violated or making a dark comment. Like we're we're picking apart so many words, but then Diana is saying that Sutton is soulless and evil and all of this stuff, and that's just like not seen as something to take seriously. And it's like, uh, we we can debate like evil versus the C word, but I think like a dark comment versus evil is like not, definitely not the same. Yeah. I mean, the standards in this group are inexplicable, but like, let's say PK yelled at one of Kyle's daughters. That would be just so, or Ken Vanderpump, you know, like that, that would be so like out of the realm of okay. And everyone would watch that and be like, this man is an abuser. Like you could just know what like what would right. happen if something like that happened and Garcelle does not get that same respect. Right. And even within the the group reactions, Garcelle brought up last night to Kyle. She said if it was one of your kids, it would have been a totally different story. And Kyle's reaction to that was to get defensive and to be kind of like, no, it, 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 no, I don't think so. And I think all of us watching the show, when this went down, I saw so many people talking on social media, like, imagine if this was Portia, we would never, this would be the storyline for the entire season. We, it would be a crusade for justice. And you know, that it would be justified in some sense. And so like the fact that Garcelle these women that weren't even there for it had heard about it and were like immediately making light of it. It's like, yeah, uh, I don't think it would have been the same if it was your daughter, but um, I guess we will never quite know. Can I just ask you one perception question about Kathy before we move on to like a different set of people? Do you feel, so it struck me last night how she sort of like a comes across as matronly, but Mm -hmm. she does it on purpose. Can do you have any like reaction to that? Like, does that strike you as something she's like trying to weaponize or lean into? I th- that's an interesting question. I actually noticed it's a there's like this. Sp- I don't know if it's just generational or if it's also like a class thing or whatever. But <laughs> I've noticed there are a few women in the housewives universe that carry their handbag with them everywhere they go. And I noticed this at BravoCon because they would come on stage for these panels and it's Ramona Singer, Kathy Hilton, and Marisol Patton. <laughs> we'll watch. So they're just like old we'll wa- we'll come on, vibes. We'll come like, on any stage with their their little pocketbook. And it's, I, I, so I know exactly what you mean. And I think with Kathy, it's a mix of matronly a little bit, but also just like, a little bit kooky, a little bit, not like, I don't know, the whole thing with like Rick and the iPad and all of that stuff. And Andy, you know, I need my glasses and those sorts of things. It's endearing in a way, but then also I think it can very easily shift into an excuse or a way to kind of slither out of being held accountable because you're like, Oh, honey, I don't even, uh, what? Oh, um, uh, oh, okay, whatever. Okay. Like, I think it's in one sense, I think it's like maybe just a part of her personality, but I also think if you're giving Kathy a little more credit in terms of being a strategic person who is really aware of the optics of everything that is kind of going on around her, I think it 
it scores her a lot of free points to be like the fun, silly one who walks on stage with the purse and needs her glasses and always has the slippers. It's like, yeah, she knows. She knows that. Yeah, I I agree. I think it's like a little bit of a shield. And I've been trying I, I think I've been trying to find a way to articulate this for the past two seasons that she uses this like older like you're not going to be that rude to an old, a very old person, you know? So she comes on like looking like Queen Elizabeth in like a mate. She, she chose that outfit. She chose that purse. She chose that pair of shoes. Like it just felt like she chose to come looking like a generation older than the rest of the cast. But I also think she does it, like you said, like with the technology and the glasses and like she tried to... This this went a little bit like quick, but she tried to be like, there's no text on my phone that I sent to Lisa Rinna. And then Andy looks at Lisa's phone and she like, he sees the text and it's like, you're trying to kind of like, you're really throwing everything at the wall. Yeah. And like, so that it's anything but this like evil spiral you went down about everyone in the room. And it's like all just about like, let me like keep throwing smoke in your face. Like with my like. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the text because that, to be honest, that moment felt so, fell so flat that I kind of forgot about it already. But it was, first of all, I appreciate that aside from that one little moment, this was, I think, a receiptless reunion, which (laughs) we don't get that often anymore. And I think it shows that a lot of the time we don't need to see a million receipts for every text message you sent throughout the season. Or they learn not to put things in writing. Just just discuss it. And I think with Kathy, you know, last year she came with her little handwritten notes. But it's like, yeah, you like waving your phone in front of Andy's face isn't the end, be all end all of proof the way that you're acting like it is. And whether or not whether or not there was a fake text message, I don't like nothing that Kathy could show me on her phone would convince me, <laughs> you know, like you like yeah. I you don't know how to use DMs. I'm not going to believe that what you say about your text message history is like solid proof. Exactly. Exactly. That was just a weird, that was a weird moment. Yeah. Summer is fast approaching, which means more social events, more weddings to attend, more nights on the town, and hopefully more vacations. That's why I'm so thankful for today's sponsor, Honey Love, for covering us with the best shapewear. With Honey Love, you can feel your best even when you're wearing less. They've revolutionized compression technology, so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Plus, they are the only shapewear that won't ever roll down, no matter how much you groove on the dance floor. For a limited time only, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash MIA. When talking about effective shapewear, Honeylove's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. The superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering the perfect amount of compression. You won't have to worry about it rolling down, which is unheard of in shapewear, thanks to flexible boning that's hidden in the side seams. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back of the thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started, honeys. 
Shape your life with Honey Love. Splash refreshers are the delicious zero-calorie beverage I'm reaching for again and again when I'm feeling thirsty for something flavorful. I believe in the three-beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash spices it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. Lately, my go-to office beverage has been the Splash Wild Berry flavor. It's so nice to just put a few in the fridge at the beginning of the week. Grab one whenever you want something nice and refreshing. It's just the right amount of flavor, just the right amount of sweetness. You know the vibes. When you want something refreshing, when you want something hydrating, Splash is the perfect thing to reach for. It perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. And it's available in five craveable flavors. Wild Berry, that's my favorite, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. It's there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Okay, we got to talk about Erica's legal situation and her decisions on how to discuss it and not discuss it and dance around it and declare victory and I think since that night in Aspen where she was really um, just kind of off the rails about the whole like victim situation, we haven't, we haven't talked about it a lot. And obviously people in the cast had strong reactions. People watching the show had strong reactions. And so seeing her at the reunion kind of taking a step back a little bit and it feels like she's trying to carve out this middle lane between you know, the evil Aspen look and kind of what we've been asking for, where she's like, I didn't mean that there aren't victims in the world. I just mean that because I've been cleared of responsibility, I don't have victims. So what do you really want me to do? And the fact that even Dorit is still like, honey, 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 that's not, (laughs) this is, can you just say, like, like, still nobody can wrap their minds around, like, just 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 stop like stop qualifying it there are victims right i mean erica generally strikes me if you've ever like witnessed someone who's never been to therapy then like goes to therapy late in life and they start like unsolidifying all those like solid mental issues that they had like really set what that's what i think we're watching from erica i think we're watching someone who's in like a very big transitional time therapy-wise and is trying to both like like as her neural pathways reform into like new Erica I think she's having trouble verbally I mean reconciling sort of like her recovery with her like need to defend herself both legally and like from an emotional standpoint and I think that that's why we're getting some of this like inconsistency and like a little bit of softening and like regret, but like she's not able yet to fully be like, I was wrong, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But but I think that like we're watching someone who is experiencing her first like major, I don't want to call it like post traumatic, but like, you know, she went through a huge yeah. thing and we're watching like the therapy in the process kind of. Yeah, I did think it was an interesting choice of a metaphor to say that she's putting her oxygen oh mask on. Yeah. It's like, 
ridiculous. Steer clear of the plane crash metaphor, Erica, yeah. for the love of God. Like next, she's going to be like, well, uh, it's like I'm in the burn unit and I'm salvaging my burns and then I'm going to get to other people's burns. It's like find <laughs> something else to compare it to. But first, I, yeah. you, first you deposited my escrow account before you deposited someone else's. <laughs> it's like you take you take your cut of the money before you give somebody else theirs. <laughs> Like, I do, I think you're right in that it's like, she is on a pathway of figuring out kind of how to navigate these topics in a way that doesn't seem so callous, but it's like, she just isn't getting there very quickly. And I think there are certain things where it's like, you could just say this now and kind of like, figure out how you feel about it later. I think it's like too hard for her. Like, I think that. She it hasn't been long enough for her to understand fully. Like she doesn't yet have the self-awareness that let's say someone like Garcelle has and is able to be like, I know that it won't look good or do anything to like mm-hmm. not accept this apology. You know, she doesn't yet have that. And I think she just like can't. I think if she could, she would. Yeah, I don't disagree. And I th- I think the earrings are kind of a physical manifestation of that, maybe, that she can't accept or acknowledge or wrap her mind around the fact that it would make things a lot easier for her in certain ways to just fucking give up on the earrings. Because, you know, she was like, but they're mine, but I earned them, but I, but I own them, they are mine. And it's like, right, nobody is actually... Nobody is gaslighting you about, you know, whether or not these earrings are owned by you. They're asking you to think a little more critically about what this means and how this looks and how this comes across as a public figure and as somebody who was caught up in this unfortunate situation for a lot of people. And, you know, I mean, the the exchange with Andy where he's like, but you're trying to get them back. And she's like, we're on appeal for legal reasons. Yeah. He's like, so you're trying to get them back. We're on appeal for legal reasons. <laughs> what she's saying is like, okay, well, they, they're saying I'm not implicated, so I should be able to keep them. But it, again, like to your point, it's beyond that. It's beyond like, should you or should you not be allowed to keep them? It's like, do you want to keep them? <laughs> like, do right. You, and, do you need to keep them? Right. And of course, you can only um, you can only put yourself in her shoes so much if you haven't gone through something similar. So You've when you ask the... I mean... I I earned my $50 million myself, so <laughs> no. But like when all the other women are like, show of hands, I would give up the earrings. I don't think they're, I don't think they're being disingenuous, but I also think it's a little tough to really imagine the full depth of everything that Erica has experienced in the last two years. It's not just, hey, you get to keep your life, but we need the earrings. It's like, it's representative of something larger. When she says, I don't care about the house, I don't care about the money, it's like, okay, maybe in a maybe in a concrete sense, you're okay with not living in that house anymore, but that doesn't mean that you have no residual feelings about the entire life being upended. Yeah, no, this this is like a five-year recovery, like, for anybody. Like, I... I whether or not she is like ethical in this, her life was completely upended. Even yeah. if, even if only the only thing that happened was that Tom had to go to like a a facility for you know people who have dementia. Like even if that were the only change to happen to her, that would be a really big deal. 
Mm -hmm. Because the truth is, like, whether or not he was, like, totally dishonest this whole time, she was, in fact, married to him. Right. And living with him and living this life with him. So even just, like, the change of, like, wait, that's not it anymore is probably, like, just wild. And, again, I don't think Erica has ever, like, had a moment in her life where she had to, like, really examine the ethics or, like, the circumstances that she's in. She was just, like, happy to be there. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that it's just – she's a very – she's definitely an interesting one to watch. And to your point, like, she can't deny that she's not in her house. But, like, the earrings, like, she's wearing them in Aspen. Yeah, I – I do think I'm not sure about her claim that she's ruthlessly being persecuted, but you know, I I do think there's a little bit of gray area there in terms of like she she has really gone through it in the last two years. I did think Andy's Andy's random pivot to asking her about Ruth Madoff felt wild to me. <laughs> like, oh my god, I was like to me that was like such an obvious question. That's what I would have asked. I would have asked her that on Watch What Happens Live. Like I feel like that was such a good question. But I do, I do see why, um, like, in the Bravo world, it was like, why are you bringing – you can't well, – that's like bringing COVID. You know, it's just awkward. To me, I, it would make sense if you were like, have you ever talked to Ruth Madoff about your situation? Or, like, have you are you in contact with her? But when Andy's just like, do you think about Ruth? And Erica's like, you know, I don't think about Ruth. It's like, <laughs> I don't think about Ruth either. She's just like an 80-year-old woman – if I were life, Erica, I'd be thinking about Ruth. I'm thinking about Ruth in Erica's context. So I don't know why Erica's not thinking about Ruth, honestly. Now do ask, we, have you watched Blue Jasmine? I have watched Blue Jasmine. Yeah. Do, we, do we know what Ruth is like up to? Does she? I think she's like in hiding. Like she's like low-key, to okay. my knowledge. She's not saying, she's not pulling at Erica, to my knowledge. Like I think, I mean, look, Ruth never tried to have a pop star career. Right, Ruth, Ruth's new so. dance single is dropping. Next yeah. month. Yeah. Erica got asked at BravoCon about new music and she was like, it's ready. It's coming. And I'm like, okay. Right. Like Erica's also like, like Ruth was like 80 something. That's the other thing. Like she was collect, she could have been collecting social security at that point. You know, like, like Erica is still like middle age. Like she has a rest of life to figure out, you know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's the thing. Like as long as Ruth has like food and shelter she can I'm kind pretty of sure like ruth got to keep like one or two million dollars if i remember correctly like she Aww. got to keep like <laughs> she's fine you know right like ruth can just kind of like ride it out till it's time for her whereas like erica has to like figure out a life <laughs> yeah erica has like some decades to go and like you know good thing she doesn't have to like support any kids neither did ruth but like yeah ruth ruth to my knowledge is like low-key not trying to make a comeback <laughs> not, we're not going to see Ruth as a friend of next season on Real Housewives. to be Ruth. Beverly Hills. <laughs> Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. 
Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I am so happy that warmer weather is finally back and we can get back to enjoying some time in the sun. But the springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. April showers bring May flowers and also sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I have had seasonal allergies for pretty much my entire life. Unfortunately, there are definitely those days where I have canceled my plans because I simply just don't want to be out in the world because of my allergies. But luckily, Claritin is the perfect thing that you can just take at the beginning of the day. And it really helps with all of those symptoms, clearing up your eyes, clearing up your sinuses, clearing up your congestion. It's the easiest way to just get those allergies under control, whether it's in the spring, any other time of year. And it's designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double-action combination of prescription-strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. Use as directed. Okay, we talked about Kathy stuff before, but I we didn't touch on this rehash of Tequila Gate that happened at Kamasabi or however she says it. I do love with with all the stuff between Kathy and Kyle, the fact that Kyle has to like correct her pronunciation of Kimasabe. It's like just let it go. That's such a sister thing, like how Kathy like tells Kyle not to curse. Yeah. And how we, even when Kyle curses, she's like, I'm allowed to curse because like I'm really mad right now. <laughs> It, that plays into the matronly thing too. It's like, shut up, Kathy. Like, please. right? Like, you're calling the DJ you're using slurs in in, <laughs> yeah. in clubs. Okay, relax. And she's like, I never would talk like that. It's like we know anyone who really knows knows that you would talk like that. So just, I've know. always I've always felt like that's a weak defense when people use it on Housewives or on other reality shows when they're Same. like, that doesn't sound like something I would say. And it's like, maybe it doesn't, but that doesn't mean that you physically couldn't have said the word. Right, right. It's like, does has do people only have like 10 things that they say and you like press them and it's like, oh, that I'm not programmed for that one. Like, it's right. just like, you did say it though. Right. It's like, okay, like, yeah, like on a given day, anyone could call someone else a motherfucker. That's not like so. Right. It's not like a language you don't speak. It's just like not your favorite word to say. Right. And it's also not like, oh, this isn't an opinion that they would have. You know, like it doesn't sound like that. That was is an opinion they would share. You know, it's just like a word. (laughs) Right. It's it's a it's a weak excuse. But I I was requesting Michael Jackson, Kathy. I think that you were. Fine with the word. <sighs> I was surprised to hear that Kathy, Kathy's claim that she wasn't upset with Lisa Rinna for ordering the 818 because it was a pretty easy uh, roll footage type of moment where it's like we literally have you on camera being like, I want the Kendall Jenner tequila, the 818. And it's like, you can say that you're no longer mad or that you overreacted in the moment, but like, Please don't, please don't deny that you were ever upset with Lisa Rinna for the tequila. Well, I think she's has to, I think part of why she was like playing all of that like pre-anger down is because 
she knows that if you're watching this, it looked like she was getting progressively more angry from the moment she arrived in Aspen from like the slippers and the room and then it was the tequila and then it was the the DJ with the songs. Like the way she sounds like so entitled where she's like, she's like, um, well, in the south of France and in Europe and in Paris, they will play, take my song requests. Like, I'm not even a member here, but I've been here. It's like, you can hear her getting so, like, you can tell yeah. that just she felt like one slight after another. She's not used to not being, like, bowed down to. And the whole weekend was just, like, her being put in a place that she's not used to. And she just kept getting madder. Like, and I don't know. Like, it, it's so... She tried to do that twice, like Kathy with the saying like, oh, I wasn't mad about the tequila. Then like, I didn't send you that text. And then she's like, I didn't say any of those things that you said. It's like that you, that Rinna said she said. And it's like, OK, well, like you just keep trying to say you didn't. But like we saw you. Right. So you and with did. the with the other thing, like with the outburst in Aspen or the, you know, this the slur with the DJ, it's like, OK, those things aren't on camera. So there's a little bit of it's always going to be. She said, she said, it's always going to be under a little bit of a cloud. But with this tequila thing, it's like we all watched the scene. And I, her kind of reframing it at the reunion as I was upset with myself for having an expectation. Basically, she doesn't really say an expectation of Kyle, but that's kind of implied that it's like I expected Kyle to support me more and so I'm not quite upset with Kyle. I'm not going to say I'm upset with Kyle, but I'm disappointed in myself for expecting support from Kyle. And it, I mean, it, it puts Kyle... But that Kyle, doesn't explain her in-the-moment behavior. Exactly. It's like there's a difference between looking back at a situation and unpacking why you got so upset and why you handled it the way you did, which maybe that's authentic for her. Maybe that is kind of her mental process of, okay, this is why it happened that way. But we're talking about what you said at the, at the tequila, we're at Kibosabe. Like there's a difference between talking about your behavior and giving us like a, a paragraph on what you think like led to the behavior. And I think I wish Kathy would be a little bit more in the moment in terms of like, yeah, I was pissed off. Yeah. I was mad at Kyle X, Y, Z connect the dots, but it, it feels like she's kind of trying to talk around it. And Kyle's like, you're saying it's my fault. It's my fault. Okay. Okay, fine. It's my fault. It's my fault. Right. That, that again is like, this is this okay. All, every it seems like every logical argument we have made today has been mostly against Kathy, and yet she still seems like she came out on top. And that's what's so interesting about it is that she shouldn't have blamed it on Kyle. How is Kyle supposed to control what comes out of Lisa Rinna's mouth? And it seems like Kathy just wants to take all of her anger at her own behavior and at Lisa Rinna for exposing it and just put it all on Kyle. When in reality, like Kyle doesn't, Kyle was the one who she talked, who her own, who got, you know, mm -hmm. talked shit about by her sister. And then Rinna exposed it on TV, assuming that Kyle didn't ask her to do that. So right. I don't see how any of this is actually Kyle's fault. Yeah, I think it's like Kyle and Kathy can have their own 
personal issues with each other. But I think in the way that Kathy is processing the group dynamic, she's sort of placing an undue burden on Kyle in terms of Kyle is like, I was planning this event. I was trying to host a fun event. I didn't even know ahead of time that your tequila was going to be part of it. So obviously that was fun, but it wasn't like the reason they were there. She doesn't, she's not, you know, there's how many different people there. It's like, it does feel a little bit like what was Kyle really supposed to do in that moment? But also I think there is maybe a thing of if, they're filming this reunion. Kathy has already seen Rinna getting, you know, dragged to hell and back on social media. The fans are kind of not loving her this season, to put it lightly. But maybe she feels like Kyle is kind of getting a free pass or isn't is getting off too easy. So maybe she comes into this reunion and is like, Rinna can look bad all by herself, but I'm going to focus on my issues with Kyle a little bit and, you know, maybe be a little bit vindictive. But like you said, she still comes out of the reunion seeming like kind of the champ a little bit, or at least the, the most unbothered out of everybody on the couch. Yeah. It's, I mean, she is, there's a reason she's Kathy Hilton. That is the, (laughs) that is really the truth. It's like, and I, and I wonder to what extent like her name almost precedes her and allows her to get away with it. But whatever she's doing, it's fucking working. Exactly. So. And I, I've I've talked to a couple people um who are like, you see you like don't like you seem to like soft on Rena or you're like anti Kathy or that sort of vibe. Like I've heard that from a couple people. And I think it's just it's like more complicated than that because I think Rinna is a whole mess of her own shit. And I have, you know, lots of frustrations with her. I've, I feel like I have expressed those frustrations week after week. Like I am not coming out of this season as like a Rinna fan, a Rinna defender, like a Rinna apologist in any way. But I, I just don't think it's as simple as like Kathy's the hero and Lisa's the villain, because I think they're both complicated, sometimes shitty friends, sisters, people like there's just a lot going on. And, you know, add add Kyle and Erica to the pile. I don't think any of these people are saints or, you know, martyrs. Like I think they're it's a complex situation and everybody has certain things that they've handled poorly in these you know, multiple seasons that we've watched. And so I think it's it's one of those things where maybe one person on a given week is more obnoxious or had the worst moment. But at the end of the day, it's like this situation didn't turn out well for anyone. <laughs> no. And that that's the thing. It's like, we're, that's why housewives is so amazing because it's like, we're looking for like the gray and these like very messy, very real human behaviors. And like the beauty of it is that there is no clear black and white, right, wrong. And yeah. like that that's why it's so frustrating to when people are trying to like find the ethics of it. It's like, no, like they're all just like out for themselves. Th- this is all how they would all act. And it makes perfect sense. And it's beautiful to watch. So. Yeah, I did like in the kind of last few minutes as they're, you know, finishing the do they do the toast, whatever. Uh, Dorit's going to Kyle's room and you see on the stage kind of like the last people there are uh, Sutton, Garcelle and Crystal taking a cute little photo together. And I'm like, 
that is kind of so representative of the note that this season is ending on that it's like, well, at least three of the eight can stand up and take a, a nice photo together. Right. Like Di- Diana's Zoom got cut off hours ago. Kyle's in a in a ball on the floor. Rinna and Erica are about to go, you know, I don't know, shots. Do, do, do whatever they want to do. But it's like eh, the three of us can take a, a nice little photo. And it's funny because if you think about how like the last season ended, they the five of them were trying to ice out those three. Yeah. And they did not succeed. And I think with with Crystal, she didn't have a lot to do in this part of the reunion. So we haven't talked much about her. But just I think it is it's noteworthy that it felt like there was a lot of outside pressure on the three of them kind of trying to pick apart their friendships. It suggesting, you know, after Crystal had made that dark comment, it was very clear that she and Sutton had put their issues to bed. Sutton and Garcelle were were on a good page. The three of them really were kind of withstanding outside pressure to have issues with each other. And it makes me happy at the end of the season to see the three of them standing together and like, we don't need Erica's approval or like Rinna to understand why I want to be friends with you. We just get along. And that going into potentially season 13, assuming that Let's just assume that all seven of these women that were ho- aside from Diana are coming back next season. It's like the three of them are a, a more solid three than anyone else in the cast at this point. And I, I think that's important. It's good. You know, that that's I'm into that. I'm into that <laughs> being I'm, I like Sutton and Garcelle and Crystal. I think they all are very interesting wives and they're not, you know, they haven't sort of like reached this weird decline um, yeah. Where they've either started like fighting in circles or just have been so like distorted by the show. Exactly. Do you have any other any other final thoughts before we put this season to bed? Mm, lock it in think. the lock I, it in the okay. room in Aspen and send okay. It. Yeah, I will say that like I really don't appreciate how everyone in LA is turning into Khloe Kardashian one person at a time. Like Lisa Rinna should not be showing up to the reunion and I should not be doing double takes because I think I see Khloe Kardashian. Just that's my final thought. Yeah. Yeah. Bring bring faces back. Bring bring different bring, faces back. Right. Like who is this doctor who is giving every motherfucking buddy the same exact face? Right. It's the face and then it's the glam and the hair and the jewelry is exactly something that the Kardashians were. It's just like... Uh, just yeah get your get your glam together do your own thing (laughs) don't look like like chloe i don't like it (laughs) chloe doesn't even look like chloe chloe looks like a a, a, (laughs) it's almost like there was like a model like created and it's just all by this like one doctor in la and it's all just about how to get everyone as close to that one model and chloe was like the original so now everyone looks <laughs> Chloe's like Chloe. the prototype. <laughs> like like Meredith Marks looks like Chloe. Yeah. Sophia Richie looks like Chloe. Kylie looks like they all Kim. They all look like Chloe. <laughs> I'm gonna send you, I'm gonna send you anytime I see someone who looks like Chloe. Maybe you could do a series. Totally. I mean, yeah. Everybody You're looks like, like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, wow. Now I have to think about Chloe Kardashian. Good, good, good for us. You're gonna see it. <laughs> Sammy, thank you for being here. Uh, Remind everyone where they can listen to you and follow you when you're not talking about the Beverly Hills reunion. 
when I'm not talking about the Beverly Hills reunion, I'm usually talking about the news um, and current events. You can find me on Instagram at Sammy, on TikTok or Twitter at Sammy Sage Says. And you can also listen to me every single morning on the morning announcements. I do five-minute breakdowns of news of the day's headlines. It is quick, it's easy, and um, there's jokes. And we are very liberal and biased. So don't come <laughs> expecting this if you are, you know. <laughs> and make sure you vote. We have a we have an election coming oh, up. So and really vote. Oh get your God. get your voting plan in order. Uh, but Sammy, thank you so much for being here. As always, thank you everyone for listening. This has been a great season of Beverly Hills. Of course, we will be back with more Salt Lake, more interviews, more everything. So make sure you are subscribed, following, whatever they call it these days, wherever you listen. You can follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches. And until next time, be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Dylan Hafer, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Picot, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Jorge Morales-Picot. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Dylan Hafer and Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a wild berry splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Batches.